All right, y'all. We have made it to the time in our service. I would like to welcome up our speaker for the day, the incredible D.D. Waters. Amen. Welcome. Oh, I think it is. Hello. Hello. Can you all hear me? Because I can hear me. Amen. Thank you all so very much for having me on today. Uh, my name is Dee Dee Waters. My pronouns are she, hers, and her. So, um, first and foremost, can we turn me down just a little bit? Just a tad? All right. So, first and foremost, one of the things that I just got from this entire just, this, this, this choir that just sung this song uh, was about being comfortable in my skin. And so with that in mind, I think that, you know, I'm not going to do like the old Baptist pastors would do because then I'd be changing my sermon. So I'm going to stick to what I had to say to you all on today. And, uh, and I, I love this, that they all used to say, I'm a Southern Baptist girl. And we were brought up to hear the Baptist pastor come up there and say, I won't be before you long. And after we have about three naps and eat about six peppermints, it'd be time for church to be over. Amen, somebody? So listen. Let me make sure I do my due diligence. Thank you all for having me on today. I am so blessed to be before you. Um, I, you all will see me in this moment, and then afterwards, we're going to bless the food. You all will eat, and I have to run, okay? But um, the reason being is because I recently became a mother. Uh, my husband and I, my partner and I, we recently had twins that have been in the NICU since June the 26th. They came home, what, yesterday? What seems like yesterday. Um, thank you. Thank you. So to parents, to those of you that are parents out there, I just want to say thank you for being who you are, because let me tell you something, waking up every three hours to feed two children is a lot, okay? Waking up every other hour to change diapers is a lot, but let me tell you something. Oh, baby, how about it's just something about the smell of a baby. It's something about just hearing that baby cry for me that makes me feel like I am needed and I am loved, I am wanted. And when that baby stop crying, guess what? I feel appreciated. Do you hear me? So to the parents that are out there, I just want to say thank you for being who you are to your children, to the children that are out there. If you're not a parent yet, keep living. And if you don't plan on being a parent, that's fine too. Thank you for being who you are, okay? So thank you all so very much for having me here on today. I, I came in from Chicago. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. So to the people that are watching from all over that are my people that decided to come and check in, thank you so much. And please, please, please let people know in the comment section where you are to my people that came to come and visit me that are here locally. Marie Kelly, thank you so much. I love you for being here. Thank you so much. To my sister Katina, thank you so much for driving with me, riding with me. This girl came all the way from Houston with me, y'all. So do you hear me? Let me say this. The reason why I picked the title for this piece on today is because it's important for us to be mindful of the power in which we have and the power in which was given to us. Watch this. So I'm going to start with a story, okay? So now this is a story that kind of backs way back when. I heard this at some point in time. Don't ask me when because I can't remember, okay? But in this story, it talks about something that is so real. And if you just listen and tune in, you'll be able to hear it. And I hope that you take it with you. So at one point in time, there was this, right, right after slavery, not too long after slavery, a lot of times Christians use the Bible, right, to, to support the fact of them having slaves, to support the fact of them telling people what to do, right? 
So watch this. It was a good old hot day, and there was this black woman, this older black woman. She was standing at a store, right at a corner store, and she was just standing there. And this truck pulls up, and inside of the truck was an older white man and an older white lady. And they, the white lady jumped out the truck way faster than her husband did, and she walked up to the door, and the black lady, she was standing there with her Bible under her arm. As the woman walked up to the door, she stood there and she just stood there. She stopped right in front of the door and stood there and she looked at the black woman. Upon doing so, the black woman looked at her and just kept standing there because she was enjoying the view. She was catching the breeze. The white man, at some point, he eventually got out of the truck and he made his way on over to her. And once he got up to the door, he looked at the woman and he said, why are you not opening this door for my wife? And the woman looked at her. She looked at him. And she just looked around because she knew he couldn't have been talking to her. She was just standing there catching the breeze. The white man, he got upset because she didn't, she didn't even acknowledge his presence. She didn't even say anything in response. And then the white man said, how dare you stand here holding a Bible, the book of God, and not do what you're supposed to do? You are supposed to obey your master. He then looked at her and he said, you have a Bible under your arm that tells you what you're supposed to do. Open that door for my wife. The black lady, she stood there and she, she looked down at her Bible and then she looked back up at him and she said, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. I'm not opening the door for her. She ain't my wife, okay? She ain't buying her groceries. She ain't cooking her food. She ain't paying no bills. She said, I'm not opening the door for her. The white man, he got upset. And he reached down there and he snatched that Bible from up under her arms. And he said, listen, it's in the Bible. And he went to the, first te to the, the, the Old Testament and he went to turn in the page. He says, right here on this page, I'm telling you, it's right there. And the page was missing. And he said, well, you know what? They got it in the Old Testament too. And he went and he said, no, it's in the New Testament. He went, he went to turn it and he says, right and the page wasn't there either. And he said, well, something wrong with this Bible. And the lady, she reached up and she just politely took her Bible back. And she said, no, nah, I took those pages out. Because that wasn't for me. What does that mean? When we talk about the Bible, we have to be mindful of what the Bible was used for, what it was created for. We also have to be mindful of who wrote the Bible. Does this make sense? We say that the Bible is to be utilized as a tool. Let me tell y'all something. I got scriptures, okay? And I use these scriptures. I used one probably about 10 years ago. It's totally different from what it is today. So let me remind you all the power in which you have. When you have this Bible, the Bible should be utilized as a tool to assist you along the way. And guess what? For some of us, for some of us, the Bible isn't really even a tool for us along the way. Our faith is the tool in which we use to go along the way in this journey. Does this make sense? Amen. The question earlier was, what was some advice or some wisdom that was passed on to you? My grandmother, I was in, I, I will tell my story in just a second, but my grandmother on her dying bed, she told me while I was in the hospital, her words to me was, God is love. What that meant for me at that time was me getting ready to go into my transition, right? And as I was preparing to go into my transition, I was in the hospital, which again, I will tell you all that, that portion of the story. But to hear her tell me that God is love after hearing so much of God is hate, 
okay? Because they don't say God is hate, but their actions, right, and that scripture that they try to use sometimes is what? Hateful ways, right? So again, when we think about this, be mindful that God is love, and if God is love, all of the hateful things that people try to throw at you using Scripture, baby, let me tell you something. That's your Bible. That's your Bible. That's your Bible. You can rip out them Scriptures that don't work for you, just like that woman had ripped out them Scriptures that said she was supposed to obey her master. She said she ain't got no master. She obey God. Do you hear me? Now, the thing that's funny within that is, is that as we look into my story, so I believe in there's this thing that's called the test, and then at some point you get this thing that's called a testimony, and then after that you get this beautiful opportunity, this beautiful option to just open your mouth and give out this thing that's called a testify, okay? Watch this. So when I talked about my story, what wound up happening to me is that at the young age of 14, I was one of the few people that uh, caught West Nile out in Houston, Texas. When I caught West Nile at the age of 14, it seemed like everybody that was catching it was dying. The same day that I caught West Nile, I went to Cashmere High School. It was just a couple of years ago. Y'all know I'm 21. At any rate, I was at Cashmere High School. And while at Cashmere High School, school was over, and we were on the track, and I ran. And after I did my little mile around the track, I remember passing out. And when I passed out, I remember something saying, get up. Now, I don't know if it was God. I'm not going to even play with y'all like that, but I, it could have been one of my teammates saying, get up. It could have been coach coming around. That's talking about something, get up, okay? But watch this. I got up. I remember walking and catching the bus. I got home. When I got home, my mom, she was upset. She said, didn't I tell you to wash them dishes before you left? And I was like, well, you know, I don't feel good. I passed out. She said, you're going to do more than pass out if you don't do these dishes, okay? Long story short, I wound up finding myself in a hospital. When I opened my eyes, there was this random woman that was sitting on the side of the bed just shaking and crying. I looked at this random woman, and I didn't even know who this woman was. And why are you with me? Where am I at? Was the questions that I had. A few days after that, I figured out that that was my mom, that random woman. While I was in the hospital, I sit in there for three and a half months in what they call PICU, pediatric, pediatric uh, ICU, intensive care unit. I was in there. Whenever I can start remembering things, like when my, when my memory starts to come back to me, these are the things that I remember. I remember waking up in a room that had four walls, one light fixture, and a machine that beeped the entire day. For those of you that don't know what it's like to be into the hospital back in the day, <laughs> it's totally different the way the machines would beep, I tell you, I tell you. At one point in time, I was in a bubble. I remember sitting in that room and and I, I, my bed was right there, and you could see the door. And when you looked out the door, you can kind of see across the way to see other doors. And in the hospital, you would hear them say things like, code blue. The nurses would be in the room with me, and they'd just be looking at me so sad and just so hurt. My mom would be sitting right there crying and hurt. And they'd run out. We got another one. they run out. We got another one. It started to be scary. 
Because then they brought in a television, and the television had a Nintendo 64 hooked up to it, okay? Somebody, okay? Remember, 21, don't try me now, don't try me. <laughs> now, when the television came on and I was able to watch the television, the same day that I caught West Now, there were two young men at a school that was probably 10 miles away from my school. Those two young men died the same day that I was rushed to the hospital. While I was in the hospital, probably about seven or eight other people died in the same area that I was in. The entire time, I would sit there and I would see them bring people in, and I would think to myself, why are they here? And as they would tell me, oh, there's another person that caught West Nile, or we're going to run these tests because we want to see if we can provide some type of treatment, some type of care, because I was the only one who had made it past that first week, then that second week. By the time it got to the third week, this is where things get interesting. My mother came in, and it was then time for my birthday. We were approaching my birthday. I was paralyzed from the waist down. I had been stuck so many times that if you look at my arms, you can see where, where old needles had been put in, right? They came in, and they looked at my mom, and they told my mother, your child is going to die. There's no way that this child is going to see the age of 15. Absolutely not. I grew up in church. When I told y'all about being a parent, it just hits different. Everything just hits different. I can hear my child crying right now, which got me ready to go back home right now. My mother looked at me, and she said, what color suit do you want to wear? My mother sat on the side of my bed and started writing my obituary at that moment. My mother had two other children. She had a little boy named Ledesman, and she had a little girl named Lanisha. I was the oldest of three. My mother was on the bus. My mother was my best friend. My best friend. She was my protector. She was my everything. As my mother sat there and started writing that obituary, all I could do was think that that was the last days, that these was my last moments, that this was the last time that I was going to be able to be in this place. And at one point, I got okay with it. I got okay with it because at the end of the day, what else did I have? I was stuck in a room with four walls, one light fixture, and a machine that just beeped and beeped and beeped. And from time to time, they'd bring in the, 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 the Nintendo 64. I remember going to sleep that night. That's also when my grandmother gave me that call and told me that God is love. When she told me that, it just sit with me. It sit with me because in my mind, it started to let me know that I could be who I be. I had the opportunity to exist in a way like no other. And the reason being is because my grandmother told me, not because of nobody else. I had my own faith. I had my own faith. My grandmother was an evangelist. I remember going to churches, and my grandmother couldn't stand up here. She had to stand down there, and she could only speak for so long, for those of you that may not know. And even then, her speaking wasn't really all that appreciated. I remember God is love. God is love. 
God is love. God is love. What does this mean? God is love. God is love. God is love. And as I kept hearing God is love, I heard that God loves me no matter who I be. And all I got to do is continue to love God the same way. The next morning, my mama came in there and she said, baby, we got everything together. I want you to try to read this obituary if you can. If you can. I told my mama, I said, you know what, mama? I want you to go to the house. I'm going to age myself. Y'all remember 21, okay? <laughs> told my mom, I said, mom, I need you to go to the house. I want you to go and grab that CD player that's in my room. I want you to get that CD player and I want you to grab that Yolanda Adams CD that's up in there. And the song that I put on and put it on repeat was in the midst of it all. The song let me know that I've had some good days, I've had some bad days, I've had things that I've had to go through, and it just repeated. It just repeated. My birthday came, we celebrated. It just repeated. The next week came and we celebrated. It just repeated. People would come to my room and stand in the door, and they would look at me, and they would just cry. And I'm just sitting in the bed not knowing who this person is, and they just sitting at my door crying. When I got home and I finally got out of the hospital, after three and a half months, I was in a wheelchair. I stayed in that wheelchair for a while. I remember as I would go and try to do things, try to go to school, I would relapse and go right back into the hospital. Tenth grade is as far as I got. By the time I turned 17, I was out of the wheelchair. <laughs> the doctors told me I'd never walk again. The doctors told me I wouldn't be able to do much. The doctors told me that because of the amount of fluid that was on the brain that was surrounding my brain from the West Nile, that I wouldn't even be able to remember things by the time I turned 30. <laughs> Whenever I was able to start back walking, I got up and I told myself, God is love. And whenever I told myself that God is love, I sit there and reminded myself that that means I can be who I be authentically. Because guess what? I don't need your love. I don't need your love. I don't need your love. Because God is love. Watch this. I went to school. I was trying to go get my stuff together, get everything, try to catch back up. While I was there, I came home. When I got home, I Pulled my keys out my pocket, went to put the key in the lock, turned the lock, and the door swung open. I didn't even have to open the door. The door just swung open. And my mother was standing there. Again, my mother was my best friend all the way up until this point. The door flung open, and my mother had one of my girl shirts on. And it was one of my favorite shirts. It had the little uh, the dog Snoopy laying on top of the little red uh, dog house with the rainbow going across it. And my mother says, oh, do you like my shirt? And of course, I know what this shirt is. I know this shirt. This is my favorite shirt. I said, yes, mom, it's beautiful. And I went to my room. I lived in an area in a, in a neighborhood called Fifth Ward. It's kind of a little rough. And they have these things called shotgun houses. The purpose of it means that you can shoot a shotgun and it'll go straight from the front door to the back door. All I heard was my mom's footsteps approaching my bedroom door. Then the door flung open and my mother, she reached inside of my closet and she grabbed this wig that I was making. And after she grabbed the wig, she started storming back towards the front door. 
And she let me know as she was storming towards the front door that I can get all of my stuff and I can get all of myself up out of her house. Imagine what it's like to be going through so much in this little bit of time and being told that you won't live, that you're not going to make it and have all of these things that just came to you because they said you wouldn't make it and you did. They said you wouldn't walk again and I did. They said I, couldn't, I wouldn't remember certain things and I do. So when my mother put me out on that day, I felt like I lost a part of me. I lost a piece of me. I lost the biggest support system that I've ever had. I lost the person that would sit outside in the audience whenever I was speaking in front of two people and say, that's my baby. I lost that. I lost that. My mother told me before I got out of the wheelchair, she said, no. She said, don't, don't, don't keep trying to walk. Don't keep trying to walk. If you don't walk, Everything will be okay. You're trying too hard to do something that's not going to happen. You're trying too hard to do something that's not going to happen. Whenever, my, whenever I started my transition, my mother told me I can come back if I didn't do it. She said, if you take all that mess off, you can stay at the house. This is what you need to do. You can then go and get your schoolwork. You can be somebody. You can be amazing. You can be whatever you want to be. How about guess what? <laughs> I had to tear them pages up my Bible. Okay? I had to not listen to those things that she was saying. I love my mother dearly and may she rest in peace, but I couldn't hear that. That wasn't for me. Just like that woman stood at that door and she had that Bible and she went to it. When that man went and turned them pages, those pages wasn't in there. The pages weren't in there for me. What I want to remind you all is, is that no matter where you are in your journey, no matter what it is that you have been told, the relationship that you have with God is one that is individualized. It doesn't matter about your mama. It doesn't matter about your pappy. It don't matter about nobody but you individually. Watch this. For those of us that believe in God, when we were brought here, God stopped everything that was going on. God stopped everything to do this thing that we call the gift of life, which is the breath of life. God stopped and breathed that life into us, into you. And if God thought so highly of you to stop time, stop everything to give you this gift, you deserve better. You can't break my soul. You can't break my soul. You want me to tell you why? Because you didn't give it to me. Ah! Watch this. When my mother was telling me these things and when I was going through what I was going through, I felt like my soul was being broken. My heart was being broken. I felt like everything that I had that I was familiar with was being taken away from me. I had to remind myself that everything that I was familiar with, yeah, it may have been taken away from me, but guess what I was gifted? I was gifted with space for everything that I needed. My family turned away from me, and my chosen family showed up. When we, when we talk about this, you not being able to break my soul, it don't mean that you can't hurt my, my feelings. It don't mean that you can't hurt my feelings. It can't mean that you can't break my heart. It don't mean that I can't cry. It means that I can do all of those things. It means that I can do each and every one of those things. It means I can call you and curse you out for hurting my feelings. Guess why? Because you can't break my soul. <laughs> the next time somebody tells you who you can be, who you can't be, who you won't be, who you will be, 
you have to be reminded of something. They can't break your soul, baby. They can do all of these things. You want me to tell you why? Because for me, when I went through my transition, as I went through my journey, as I continue through my journey, I'm reminded each and every day that it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. They told me that I would never be able to amount to anything. And I have spoken all over this country. I have traveled all over the world. I have done things that people that grew up in my neighborhood would never accomplish. I have done something that my father told me before he died. He said, you have accomplished something that people will die and never do. He said, you lived authentically. Although we told you that you couldn't be this person, you couldn't do this this way, you did it. He said, people going to lay in their casket. <laughs> and they won't even know what it feels like to look at themselves in the mirror and be whole. For me, you can break my heart. You can hurt my feelings. You can step on my toe. But you can't break my soul. And the reason being is because you didn't give it to me. And I can't break yours because I didn't give it to you. Be mindful again that you can be hurt. Your feelings can be hurt. Your heart can be broken. But when it comes down to the soul that was gifted to you, they can't break that baby. They can't break that at all. Now, the scripture that stuck with me, the scripture that stuck with me and reminded me that I'm who I be and it is okay and it is all good was the scripture of Jeremiah 1 and 5. The scripture says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. What did that mean? For me, what that meant was, was that the second that the sperm met the egg, the second that there was an infant in the womb, which was me, God, the universe, spirit said, I know you. I know you. <laughs> Watch this. And at that time, it says, I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So whenever they told me that God didn't love me, that Jesus didn't die for me, it was all a lie. You know why? Because Jeremiah 5 said, 1 and 5 says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. So as I went through my journey, God, the God that I believe in, knew that this was going to be a part of it. The God that I serve said, you know what? I see you. I ordain you. So guess what? That means to me that don't know, can't nobody else ordain me like the Lord, baby. Can't nobody else do it like the Lord. And guess what else? That means to me, can't nobody do it like me. Because it's me. I, individually, was, stopped, was thought about before I even came out and took that breath. I was thought about before my footsteps even hit the ground. That the day that they came in there and told my mother that she needed to work on my obituary, that was nothing but a lie. Oh, yeah. That the second that they told me I would never walk again, huh? whenever I got put out of my mama's house, the first thing I went and did was bought a pair of heels and I had walked in them since. Do you hear me? You can't break my soul. You can't. And I encourage you to understand that can't nobody break yours. They can hurt your feelings. <laughs> but they can't break your soul. I wind up realizing who I was and who I be as I went through my journey, as I continue to go on my journey. They told me that I could never have children, and I done had twins. Oh! 
You know what they told me also? They told me that as I went through this journey in life, that only bad things will happen to me. They told me that doors will be closed in my face. They told me that my friends would turn their backs on me. And you know what? They was right. There was doors that was closed in my face. There was doors that were slammed. A church one time slammed the door in my face whenever I offered to come and speak. Huh. But how about guess what? The door here was kicked open for me. They told me that my family wouldn't be around and that I would, wouldn't amount to anything. For the last 20 years, all I've had is chosen family. And the way that my chosen family has shown up for me has been absolutely amazing. Baby, you can hurt my feelings. <laughs> you can break my heart, but you can't break my soul. Scripture also says, in the world, you will have problem. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I take certain scriptures and I do what they used to do to me. They throw it at me for hate and, and, and just to be bitter and bigotry. I use it for myself to be good. Each time somebody tell me I ain't worth nothing, I remind myself, baby, let me tell you something. God, <laughs> God stopped everything that God was doing and said, you know what? Hold on. Dee Dee fits to come out. Hold on. Hold on. Get ready, D.D. Lean forward, D.D. And just, that's how that went for me. Because God stopped time for me. The universe, oh God, the universe, the universe let me know that I was so important, that I was so important that the grass needed to be greener on the other side. The universe knew that there needed to be a tree that needed to be rooted in the ground, and that needed to grow and produce these branches that would have leaves that would clean and purify the oxygen just for me. And that when it was a hot, musty day out in Houston, Texas, I can go and get underneath that tree and take some shade. The universe thought that highly of me. In the South, we have this saying, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. What that means is that if it happened for me, it can happen for you. If somebody has come in and they've tried to break your soul and tell you that you're not worthy of being loved by God, the universe, or even spirit, I'm here to remind you that that's not their place. <laughs> they didn't give it to you. They can't take it away from you. They can hurt your feelings. They can break your heart. But they can't break your soul. They can't do that. And what I want to encourage you is that as you continue on your journey, no matter where it is that you are, that there is scripture that is there specifically for you. And if it ain't scripture that's there specifically for you, guess what you got that is there specifically for you? If you believe in God, there's a God that says, I, I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. That means that I, God, will be there every single day of your life. When they tell you you're not worthy, you let them know I'm worth it all. Ah! Because God stopped for me. When they say that you're not, that you're not, you're not meant to be, <laughs> remind them that the universe made sure that whenever the grass wasn't that green over here, that you can jump over here and the grass was a little bit greener for you. Many of us go through things 
And those things are the things that allow us to be mindful of our journey and who we are. We talk about transitioning, and you all have heard me say transitioning. We talk about transitioning, and many times we're only thinking of it from the place of gender and identity. But do you know people transition from smoking to not smoking? To being a drinker to not drinking? Understand that as you go through your journey, everything will change daily. There will be scriptures that you can look to. I go to, I go to Jeremiah 1 and 5 so much to the point to where every time I go to it, I make sure it reads different for me. Before you were developed in the womb, I knew thee. Huh. Try me. You said what? <laughs> Baby, God told me <laughs> that God knew me before I was developed in the womb. That means that my destiny has been written, and it has been written by someone that thought so highly of me. It means that whenever they told me that I wasn't going to make it and that I wasn't going to live, God already wrote that. It meant that when the two young men had died, but I got up and I lived, it was for me. So whenever the doctors were saying what they were saying, I had to hear them because God, the God that I believe in, gave them the ability to speak these things, right? But I also had to understand that God was a higher God. And I had to look to that. And when we look to God, we can get all the things that we need. Watch this. A person once asked me, how you believe in God and you ain't even seen God? Let me tell y'all something. I'm a black woman of trans experience. And baby, the second that I got in the mirror and didn't have a wig on, didn't have an eyelash, didn't have an eyebrow waxed or arched or anything, I looked in the mirror and I seen something. Let me tell you something. I don't have to know and see God in order to believe in God. I need to know that there's hope. And within that, I found that in believing in God. What did that mean for me? That meant that each and every time I went through something, there was no one else that was around for me to talk to. I could talk to God. Whether or not it was me talking to myself or not, I still could believe that I was talking to someone that could hear me. I was praying to someone that could answer those prayers. I was listening for someone to say something that reminded me of who I was, who I be, who I'm becoming. And that was God. And guess what else? Even with me not ever seeing God, when I got in that mirror, I seen beauty. Baby, I seen Beyonce, honey, when I was looking in that mirror. I had a good old taper foul, bald-headed. I was like, huh, watch me now. <laughs> okay, watch this. Faith is in the seen and in the unseen. And although I could look in that mirror and I could see me, I couldn't see me. Whenever I go to look for God, sometimes I can't, I can't see God. I don't know exactly what God looks like. But guess what I wind up figuring out? That there's so much of God in me that each and every time I look in the mirror that I see God. Each and every time I go and see people, I see God. And you know what makes it easy? It makes it easy to love me because I see God even in my ugliest ways, even in my, my ways whenever I done went out and ran a mile or two and ain't even went and showered yet. I see God in me in my funkiest, dirtiest ways. <laughs> you know why? Because my grandmother told me one time that God is love. And if I'm able to love, that means that there's a God that is in me. If God sit there and stopped and said, I was created in the image of God, that lets me know that my God, the God that I served when I was homeless, 
I had mother God because I was missing out on my mother. They told me that God was nothing but a man and he was only father God and we could only use he, him pronouns, but mother God showed up for me. Mother God pulled me in and held me in her bosom and let me know that, baby, you may be sleeping under a bridge today, but watch what happens on tomorrow. Father God, Father God stuck with me. Father God protected me. Father God sit there and said, you see these five fingers? You can turn them in and make them a fist and be strong. Father God protected me. <laughs> when I was sitting at the bus stop one night, after picking up change in the Burger King parking lot through the drive-thru, I remember, I remember I had to call on best friend God. <laughs> best friend God let me know that it's okay to be sad right now, and at some point it's going to get better. I had to call on sister God to let me know that I can still do this, and I can make it, and you still doing it. You pushing it. You got this. Brother God had to show up to let me know that I was not alone. And that brother God was going to go with me along the way. Amen. You can't break my soul. You can't break my soul. I encourage you all, as you go along your way, that the next time somebody does something to you, the next, the next time somebody tries to break you down, they try to make you feel a certain type of a way, be reminded. They can't break your soul, baby. They can hurt your feelings. You can walk away with your feelings hurt. I done walked away with my feelings hurt so many times, it's ridiculous. But guess what? When I get home, I'm reminded of where I'm at. I'm in my home. I'm in my space. I'm in my place. I walked through a door when they told me I wasn't going to walk again. I remembered my address when they told me I would forget it. I was in... Woo, look, let me tell y'all something. They told me I wouldn't be able to have a child. I got with my husband April the 1st of last year. Ain't that something? We got together. We moved from Houston to Chicago. The entire ride there, we manifested everything that we wanted. I was in Houston all of this time, and for the last, what, year, year and a half, I was looking for a house. I always was getting denied. Always got denied. We was riding in the truck, and we said, we want a house with a front yard and a backyard in Chicago, okay? <laughs> we want children. We were very specific. We want children so that we can love them the way that we wish that our parents would have loved us. We were going to treat them and, and encourage them to be the most authentic selves that they could possibly be in whatever way they look like to them. We stayed in a hotel for a week. We filled out one application, and in that week, we were sitting in our living room of our house that had a front yard and a backyard. On February the 22nd of 2022, on a Tuesday, my husband had a feeling that something was going on, and we went to the clinic, and when we went there, they had to do an ultrasound, and we found out that we was having two and not one. By the time we made it into June, I was out in Florida. I, had, I wound up catching COVID. I was out in Florida at work. And I sit there and I remember before I left, I gave his stomach a kiss and I told the boys, just give us until 26 weeks. Please give us until 26 weeks. Child, 
his water broke while I was in Florida. I had already been uh, quarantined for four days. I took the COVID test and it said it was negative. I jumped on a plane and was back in Chicago within an hour. Watch this. You ready for it? The boys waited. They came June the 26th, which was 26 weeks. Do you hear me? They sit in the NICU. When we went into the NICU, they told us that the boys would not be home until their due date, which was October the 2nd. October the 2nd. The boys are already home. You can't break my soul. When they told us that these boys wasn't going to make it, you, 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 can't, you, what, you can't do that. You can't tell me that. They told us on Monday, last Monday, they told us that it was going to be two weeks. The doctor told us two weeks before they come home. On Wednesday, they told us they was coming home Friday. <laughs> They've been home since midnight, well, around about 11 o'clock on Friday, 11 o'clock p.m. Friday night, they got home. Understand something. People will tell you all types of things, and people will try to make you believe things. Baby, open up your Bible. Rip them pages out. Remind yourself that that's not for you. Some of that ain't for you. That's not for you. Just like that woman stood there holding her Bible. She took out and kept what she needed. She kept what she needed, and she took out what she didn't. Do that for yourselves because you deserve it. 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 You deserve it because you can't break my soul. Amen? I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer. The reason why I believe in prayer is because the entire time I was going through what I was going through, all I could do was pray. That's all I could do. That's all that I knew. And I want to offer some prayer right now, if that's okay with you all. If anybody would like that, please, you're welcome to stay where you are. You're welcome to come up here. You're welcome to just hold your hand up. Whatever feels good for you, I invite you to do it. But I ask that as we hear this music, that you all join me in prayer. Also, please, if you all can give it up for them, baby. I ain't heard, no, I ain't heard not one praise team choir sing Beyonce in church. Come on, somebody. Thank you. Come on now. Thank you all so very much. Spirit of the living and loving God, a God that knew me before I was developed in the womb, a God that gave me breath and said that all is well. The same God that sit there and stopped time for little old me is the same God that stopped time for you. Spirit of the living and loving God, I ask that you do what you've always done and just show up in the ways that you show up. I ask that you not only hear my prayer, but hear the prayers that are silent at this right now moment. It was once said that sometimes we have to speak out what it is that we need and say it loudly, but we believe in a God that hears us at our quietest moments. So God, I ask that you just lean in as we whisper the things that we need for you to do for us. I ask that you lean in and you just hear all the things that we may not even say because you know better than we know for ourselves. I ask of God to come in and be Mother God for those that need Mother God. 
Whenever we feel that we've lost mother, we must be reminded that mother lives with us always because we have a God that will show up in a way that mother did. For those of us that are missing father, we ask that father God that you come and show up the way that you have always done. Show up and show out in a way, in a magnificent way, in a way that only you can. Best friend God. <laughs> Best friend God, wrap your arms around us in a way that only you can and hold us tight. Squeeze us the way that we need to be squeezed because we can use a hug from a friend. Sister God, Sister God, remind me that I am beautiful. Ha! Remind me that I must be comfortable in my own skin. Brother God, Brother God, show up in a way that is like no other. Remind me that I am loved and looked up to by someone like you. <laughs> and see, we have, this, we have this inclusivity that we must do. So God that uses they, them pronouns, I ask that you show up in a way that is like no other and remind us that we can be different and loved authentically, wholly, the way that you love. I ask that all of these gods just show up for you, whichever God it is that you need. I ask that wherever you are and whatever it is that is going on in your life right now, that you be reminded that they can't break your soul. I ask that wherever you are right now and whatever it is that you are going through, that you remind yourself that there was a God that stopped time for you, that there was a universe that created other things for you, that there was a spirit there was a spirit that got inside of you and let you know that I am all that you need because I am thee. I am thee. I am thee. You are thee. I am thee. <laughs> spirit of the living and loving God. <laughs> For some of us, we just need you right now. We don't need you to show up in a miraculous way. We just need you to be there. I ask that you hear all of these things. I ask that you hear all of these things that I have said and all of the things that people have thought, whether or not they whispered something to you or if they just thought it. Because we know that you know all things. We know that you are the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. You are the alpha and the omega. Yes, God. I ask that, 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 that we all just join in because you know what they say. The old people used to say, and it is so. And it is so, and it is done. So what I ask that we do is that we just give thanks and just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, God. Because all of the things that I went through, thank you, God. When I couldn't walk no more and I started walking, thank you, God. When they pulled the wheelchair away, thank you, God. When they told me that I was having twins, thank you, God. When they released the burden, thank you, God. See, I'm going to have my moment. You should have yours, too. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being all that you have been. Thank you, God, for being my mother when I needed my mother. Thank you, God, for being my father when I needed my father. Thank you, God, for being my best friend. 
when I needed my best friend. Thank you, God. And so it is. And so it is. And it is so. Thank you all so very much for having me on today. Remember, you can't break my soul. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen.